Again, so thankful to have you with us this morning. Um, I love being in the church and feeling a buzz and an excitement in the air. Um, I don't know if anybody else feels that, but I just love what God's been doing, what God's been up to, and the, and the direction I feel like he's taken us in and just getting back to the basics of things and understanding what our purpose again here as a church is. Uh, online, thank you for joining us again. Again, if you have any prayer requests or praise reports while you're watching online, we'd love to pray for you tomorrow in our staff meeting. So just let us know in the comments if you need prayer or send us a message through our page. 21 days of prayer and fasting. <laughs> yeah, whatever, Rick. This is hard. So we are in our last week of this church. We're in our last week, and I, and I pray you've taken advantage of this time to to set some things aside in your life, some sacrifice, some things. And I've heard from some of you that are some of the sacrifices you're making, and it's a big deal um, in your life to set aside things you've set aside. But also, importantly, more importantly than that, is to spend that extra time doing what? Drawing close to God, worshiping God, digging into the Word, spending that extra time getting closer to Him. And, and I'm telling you, it's going to do something. It's already doing things in our church and in your spiritual walk, in your life, so I'm excited. Uh, again, last week of it, we are finished after Saturday. So if you're fasting food, uh, men's breakfast, enjoy the fellowship. Uh, <laughs> but next Sunday when I'm up here, I can stop by the coffee shop and have a suite if I want to. So it'll be over after this Saturday. So continue in that. Continue praying and seeking God throughout the week. Uh, recap of Wednesday night, man. Wednesday nights. They've been good. So... <laughs> You know, we got like 50 of us that can clap on that. <laughs> Wednesday nights have been powerful. They've been good. We've had some good prayer time in the altar, some good corporate prayer time together, um, and just different speakers on different Wednesday nights coming in and, and sharing God's word with us. So I'm excited about that. I want you to be a part of it. Come out on Wednesday night. Like Dale said earlier, you need that midweek pick-me-up. Come about Wednesday. Some of us are struggling to keep our Christianity a little bit. <laughs> huh? I need a refill. So come out on Wednesday nights at 7. Be a part of what's going on here. I promise you, you'll be blessed. Um, again, like he said, if you'll put in as you come into the building. That's what it's all about. I mean, I can come in here and be sad and go through the motions and feel like, oh, I just had a bad day yesterday or I got some bad news yesterday and come in here and, and walk in that. Or I can come in here with a great attitude and say, God, what do you have in store today? I want to be a part of it. So here's my praise. Here's my worship. Here's my devotion to you. Let's have church. Continue to work on our small group preparations. You guys excited about that? Oh, shoot. <laughs> so how many of you feel like, I know everybody in this church about as well as I can know everybody? Okay, small groups. Now, I know we've done these in the past, but we have to have some fellowship outside of the one hour on Sunday mornings. And we, we have to get to know each other, and we have to do life together. Uh, we have to walk through things together. It, it's, it's, it's a terrible feeling when you struggle with something, something comes up in your life, and you don't have anybody to help support you. It doesn't feel good. Um, what I'm, I'm praying and seeking in this is that our small groups will be revitalized and revived, and we'll start building relationships with each other, and it's going to be kind of interest-based. So we're going we're gonna to put a survey together and just find out what you guys like to do, what you don't like to do, and then gear it towards you meeting with those people and getting to know people in your small group and encouraging each other, building each other up, and building relationships. Amen? Amen? All right. So that's coming up. 
Also, discipleship plans coming together, something basic that everybody in the church will be able to relay to other people and let them know about, so I'm excited about that. Well, this morning, we are finishing up our three-week series on Reset, Restore, and Renew, and talking about just getting back to the basics, our mission statement of reach, teach, serve, and how we're tying those together. We're sometimes in life, spiritually, physically, mentally, we need a reset, and we need to, to be renewed and restored back to what God intended for us. And, and, and that goes along with our mission statement, too, of reach, teach, serve. So we've been looking at that, and I, I challenge us collectively uh, to get back to these basics as a church and why we're here and what we should be about. And we looked at reach in the first week, and we said that reach equals? Yes, or four this time instead of just one. So reach equals love, and we have to love. And last week, we looked at teach and how discipleship plays a vital role in that in, in the life of our church we have to be followers of Jesus, not just believers, but followers also, and we have to turn around and disciple others and bring them up in the ways of the Lord. We talked about that last week. And this morning, before we get into our last one on serve, I just wanted to show you kind of a humorous little video clip on serving and volunteering. So if you guys will roll that for me. There is an epidemic sweeping across our nation's churches. That is the shrinking population of their volunteers. Alarming, to say the least. To investigate the impact, we set up our cameras, removed all the volunteers, and followed a man we'll call Pete as he attended a local worship service without any volunteers. It started out like any other Sunday. Pete arrived five minutes late, as he always does. He assumed a greeter would open the door. He assumed wrong. Have you ever had church coffee that's been sitting around for a week? Well, Pete has. Deciding life was about more than just coffee, Pete finally answered the call to the mission field. But there was nobody picking up on the other end. To further complicate matters, Pete had to stoop down and get his own bulletin. He even had to hold and comfort a tiny human that he didn't understand. In fact, Pete didn't understand any of it. So, how can we as a church body keep this from happening? Seems there's a very simple fix. It takes a little bit of time and a little bit of effort. So won't you do it for your church? Do it for yourself. Wait! God bless him. Volunteer for Pete's sake. Amen. So just a little humorous take on that. Um, it's not quite like that here, thankfully. Uh, you guys are overall are doing a great job of serving, but we still do need you. What's, what's my goal? What, what kind of percentage on participation in our church? 100%, yeah. I'd love for everybody in here to be a part of serving at Orchardville Church in one way or another. Wouldn't that be awesome? I don't know what percentage we're at right now, but it would be awesome to have 100. I might pass out, so... 
So we're going to finish up this series this morning and look at the final word in our mission statement. We're going to reset, restore, and renew as we look at the word serve. And again, we do a pretty good job of this here at the church, but we can do better. We can all do better in everything in life. So serve means to perform duties or services for another person or an organization, or look at it this way, to contribute. Um, I'm not going to step on your toes too much today, but if you just come in and, and you sit there and you take it all in and you enjoy the service and say, that was great, I'll see you next week, week after week after week, you are being a consumer. And you're just consuming week after week after week and not really bringing anything besides your physical self into the church. So we want to encourage you to volunteer, and I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I just believe that God wants us all to use what we have. You know, we talked about that in Jason and Angie's class a little bit, that we're all given uh, these works and deeds that we're supposed to be doing. So whatever God's placed in you, he wants you to use it to further his kingdom and to encourage the body around you. So, you know, that's what we're going to look at this morning in serving, again, to contribute. Think about this. If you, if I, you know, and I'm not being insensitive to anybody that's had anybody pass away recently, but if I was to, to know that I was going to pass away tomorrow, this was going to be it for Rick, and I've been discipling, let's say, three people. How many did I say you want to start with? Probably just one to two, but I'm going to go three, all right? Uh, say I'm discipling these three people and I know tomorrow's my last day and, and I get, uh, let's see, Aaron, I like to have you see him. Come here, buddy. Kyle, can I borrow you for a second? And George, yeah, you were looking away, but yeah. <laughs> I know that I've been discipling these brothers, not literally, but I know I've been spending a lot of time with them, getting to know them and I know tomorrow that I'm not going to be here. So there's, it comes down to, I want them to know one thing. If there's one thing I can mention to you guys, if, you know, I know we've been discipling, I've been discipling you, and we've been working together, and I'm bringing you up in your faith. There's one thing that I can tell you guys before I leave this earth is that Elvis is still alive. No, that's not really what I would say. But I would want these guys to know, and we're going to look at this story this morning, that we need to serve. That would be my number one thing to tell them. You need to be a servant of Jesus, and you need to serve. So I appreciate you guys. I wasn't going to make you do anything weird or awkward, so <laughs> thanks for helping me out. Woo. <laughs> well, this story actually happened in John chapter 13, where we're going to be this morning. This story is in the Bible of this one. He, Jesus knows he's getting ready to pass. He's going to be gone the next day. And he's having this supper with them in the upper room. And he knows this is, this is what I want you guys to get. All right. So we're going to be in John chapter 13. He's wanting to teach his disciples at this very moment in that upper room to be a servant. And again, all the things that he could have taught them, all the things that he wanted them to know, he was going to teach them what it meant to be a servant. And I want you guys to understand this this morning, that I want you to do well in life. Okay? As your TP, I want you to do well in life. Um, I want you to do well in your walk with God. I want you to walk everything in everything that he has for you, in the fullness of God. And I want good things for you, but I think it's very important to understand that we need to learn to serve. 
and he wants us to understand this in this passage this morning, that we've got to learn to serve if we haven't learned that already. So if you're serving and you're serving well right now, way to go. If you're struggling with that a little bit and trying to find out, you know, I don't know what my niche is, I really don't understand it, you know, I'm speaking to you this morning. Even if you are serving, again, uh, there's things that we can do well, there's things that we can do better. So I believe this will be for all of us this morning. So John chapter 13, now keep in mind too, before Jesus acted, before he washed their feet in this scripture, and no, Dale, I'm not gonna call you up here for that again today. Uh, we did that a while back if you were here for that. And it was a really moving moment um, in my life and Dale's life. He thought you know, it was gonna be kind of a funny thing until he saw me grab the basin and the pitcher of water. So, but it was just a really um, a humbling thing to do. And we're going to visit that story. But he knew everything before he washes their feet in the scripture. He knew that Judas would betray him, yet he was going to wash his feet anyway. He knew the disciples would run and desert him for a time. He knew that Peter would deny him, yet he's still going to serve them. He, had, he knew he had a long night coming up that would be followed the next day by a brutal death. And it's in this moment that he's about to teach them what it means to be a servant, what it means to serve. So John chapter 13, verses one through 15, says, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, you are going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you, for Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. So what a scene this is, you know, as we read this the Lord of the universe, the Lord of all creation, the master and teacher stooping down to wash his disciples' feet. You know, this was unheard of in those times. Uh, the master never washed the student's feet. It was always the other way around. And I can't help but just go back in that and just to visualize that. And they'd been walking with him, seeing him all, do all these preachings and teachings and, and healings and miracles. And now he's stooping down in front of them doing something that was totally out of the ordinary. And I'm sure they were blown away by that. And if you look at also at the context surrounding this passage and some before this, the disciples were actually arguing amongst themselves about who would be the greatest in the kingdom. And he goes and does this and washes their feet. 
Again, unheard of in those times. And you know by, by Peter's reaction, no way, Jesus, you're not going to wash mine. You're too good for this. And I wonder if they, they truly understood what he was doing there and what he was teaching them in this lesson. And he was, he was communicating to them that you are servants. You're not masters. Um, you're no better than me. I'm no better than you. I'm willing to, to humble myself down and wash your feet and be your servant. And it doesn't matter if you're the greatest Christian to ever walk the earth, if you are Mr. or Mrs. Bible Theology. Um, I've told you guys, I, 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 I'm, I study and study and trying to get better and better than that, but that's not what I would call myself. But some people like that title. Um, I am not Mr. Perfect in my faith. You're not Miss Perfect or Mr. Perfect either in your faith. But we all need to be servants and not think we're above anybody else. We have to look at this the way they were looking at this, the way Jesus was showing them this. Got to be servants, and we have to serve. Um, I should not be chiefly known as the TP of Orchardville Church. I should not be known as the youth pastor of Orchardville Church. Carlin should not be known as the worship director of Orchardville Church. Uh, George should not be known as the associate pastor of Orchardville Church chiefly by that. And, you know, anybody else, like Nate should not be known. Nate's the guitar player at Orchardville Church. We should all be known as servants first. It's not about a title. It's about being a servant. And Jesus shows us this in the scripture right here. And the question we should ask, is Rick a servant? Is Carlin a servant? Is George a servant? Is Nate a servant? That's what the question should be asked. As we humble ourselves and learn how to serve. And Jesus is telling him, he's telling him here, I can wash feet. I can do this. And he goes on to say that if you serve, you're going to be happy. We want to be happy, right? Serve. It does something to you. It makes you happy on the inside when you get to serve someone else. This morning, I want to give a, some reasons why we should serve. And some of you may be getting a little uncomfortable in your seat right now. If you're not serving, and ushers, don't let anybody leave, please. Um, as we talk about serving and getting plugged in and, and helping out. They really won't let you leave, so... One of the things I want us to look at is we were created for service. Do you guys understand that? We were created to serve. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. And I think I have it up there for you guys. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God created you to do good things for the kingdom of God. Did you know that? He created us for that. It's an action, can do, can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And we have to do something in order for good things to be the result. So if we're not doing good things for God, if we're not servants, if we're not plugged in, then we're not doing what God has called us to do. And again, not being mean, I'm just telling you what the scripture says, that we are created to do good works for him and glorify him in that. Again, uh, also, we're saved for service. 2 Timothy 1.9, it says, It is he who saved us and chose us for his holy work. 
you guys understand that this would be the cool thing? If I came down here, I'm sitting out there in the crowd on a Sunday morning, I don't know Jesus, I come up to the altar, and George prays with me, I accept uh, salvation, I accept Jesus into my life, forgiveness of sins, I'm repenting, I'm turning away. But wouldn't it be awesome if right when I was saved and I turn, straight to heaven. But it's not like that because he saved us so that we could be created to do good works in this new life that he's given us. That would be much simpler and be great. Like, oh, there goes another one. There goes another one. I'm not sure who would be left here, really. Saved for service. Ephesians 4.1, therefore I, Paul, is talking here, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. We're called to service. Now, some people like to argue this, um, being called to service, like, Rick, uh, you're called to pastor and preach. You know, George is called to pastor and preach, and, you know, Erica's called to pastor and preach, but, you know, that's, you guys are called to do that. I'm not called to do that. We're all called to service. And, and some of you are like, uh, you know, missionaries, they're called to do that thing. I'm not called to be a missionary. Whew, thank you, Jesus, that I don't, I'm not called to do that. But what I would argue is we are to serve just as much as I'm called to serve to be a pastor or preacher. You're called to serve also Amen. in your life. We are all ministers of the gospel. Now, my job, Erica's job, George's job is to equip the people that are under us and help them in their walk with God. But we're all, there's 300 ministers of the gospel in here. Well, maybe not that many. But everybody in here is a minister of the gospel. Whether we have 250, 300, 400, 500 as we go, we're all ministers. So we're all called to do that. So we do have a calling on our life to share the love of Jesus with other people. We've got to be active in this. You know, what, what would happen if there's 250 people in here and we were all active in ministering the gospel of Jesus? Jesus had 12 and changed the world around him. We've got 250, 300, 400, whatever we grow to, whatever God takes us, we've got that many people to go and change our communities. Now, why isn't it happening? Sorry, I said I was going to be nice today. Because we're not ministering the gospel. Because we're not being servants at every chance that we get to serve people. Not just in here, and I want to talk about it in here also, but out there too. Serve, love, share Jesus with people, be Jesus to people. <clears throat> First Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift from his great Variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Who feels like, let me read a list here real quick of gifts, spiritual gifts that the Lord gives us. Administration. Um, you're good at organizing things and doing things like that. Being an apostle, discernment, evangelism, exhortation, faith, giving, healing, helps, hospitality, knowledge, leadership, mercy, Prophecy, serving, tongues, teaching, interpretation, wisdom. Who in here <clears throat> feels like I know what my gifting is in Jesus? I know what he's put in my life. I know what he's put in my heart. I know what it is. Just lift your hand. Okay. 
Those of you that know what your gifting is, what God's placed in you, what talents, what gifts, um, whatever, whatever he's placed inside you, know I should be doing this. God has blessed me with this. I know I should be sharing it with others. Who raised their hand? George, what's yours? Or one of yours? Encourager. Encourager. Okay. So how does that make you feel, George, when you encourage people? Good. Good. Okay. Jackie, you raised your hand. What's the gifting that, you know, the Lord's placed inside you? Teaching littles. She calls them the littles, right? Teaching kids. How does that make you feel, Jackie, when you come in, you come in back there and you see kids and you get to teach them because you know God's placed that inside you, so you're serving back there. How does it make you feel? Lifts her up, makes her feel like that she's getting closer to God as she encourages them. Amen? Who else? I know what a gifting I, I have that towards Kitty. Uh, playing bass. Okay. Uh, I think that is the sweetest spot in this whole church right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> How's that make you feel when you're playing? Wonderful. God's given her a talent to play that bass. And she plays it to glorify him, not to say, look at old Kitty Mooney getting down and funky on the bass. <laughs> it's because she wants to glorify him through the talent that he's given her and the gifting that he's given her. It's not about her. She'll tell you that. And it, it makes you feel, makes her feel good to be a part of a team that's glorifying God and not making it about entertainment. It's all about worship. Who else? Helps. Helps. So how does that make you feel when you get to help people? Really good, right? Blessed. Blessed. Okay. Somebody else. Okay. And how does that make you feel when you get to walk in that? Great. So we, what I'm getting at is we all have, and if you don't know yet, there's ways to uncover that and learn about that. And I encourage, you know, talk to me, talk to George, talk to some people in the church that, that have uncovered what God's put inside them. Because I believe we all have something to offer. All of us. Um, God doesn't want us to sit idly and not use what he's put in us. And I believe that whatever gifts he's given us, we're going to give an account of how we use what he gave us. That's just what I, that's what I believe. And I believe what I get out of the word, that we're going to give an account. I, I gave you this. I put this in your heart. What did you do with it? What did you do with it? So, you know, when we get to worship, when we get to serve, when we get to be a servant, it does something to you. It changes you on the inside. Um, if I didn't have anybody to, to pastor, to, to preach, how fun would that be for me? You know, if I didn't have people to pastor and care for and take care of in, in youth over the last four years or transitioning now, if I didn't have that to be able to care for people and pour love into people, would that be real fun for me? Would that be a blessing to me? Hey, Lord, I know you want me to care for people and, and be, for, be there for the flock, but <laughs> I'm too busy. Or, you know, I just don't want to do that. That's not going to encourage me. That's not going to lift me up. We're lifted up and encouraged and blessed when we pour it out and let other people um, be the benefit of what the gift that God's put in us. Mark 8.35, if our praise team would come back up, please. Mark 8.35, it says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. You will find true life. 
Did you know, and I went through seasons of this in my life when I was uh, more immature than I am now, um, but I went through seasons where I would just try to make myself happy all the time. Anybody been there? I'm just going to worry about me. You bunch of non-honest people. (laughs) We've all been there. uh, And when we make it about ourselves, you know what? We never find that happiness. We just never find it. It doesn't happen. Um, But if I make it about serving others and caring about other people, I have a great time. Is it always easy? No, but it's always worth it to use whatever God puts inside you to share it with other people and to serve and volunteer and help out. Um, That makes me happy when I get to do that. Makes me unhappy when I just make things about me. I don't find any fulfillment in that. I find that fulfillment when I get to reach, teach, and serve others. And that's how we all should feel as we talk about our mission statement that we should all want to serve. And I, and I really think serving others is a game changer for your life. It's a game changer. It really sets you up to, to, to be utilized by God with the giftings that he's given you. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work, I love this scripture. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord enthusiastically. What does that look like? Man, that's joy. That's happiness. That's all out. I don't want to ever get up here or go through the week where I'm just kind of ho-hum in my serving for the Lord. I don't want to do that. I want to serve enthusiastically. I want people to know that Jesus has put excitement in me. (laughs) I want, I want them to know that a relationship with him is exciting. It's not about all the things I can't do. It's all the freedom I have in him to do what he wants me to do. And that's such a blessing. When you find what God's put in you and you start serving, man, and you do it enthusiastically. Man, there's been days when I walk back to the youth group on a Wednesday, and the last thing I want to deal with was is 50 to 60 teenagers yelling and hooping and hollering. But you have to get past that stuff and realize God's put this in me. So whatever I'm feeling right now, it's not their fault. I'm going to serve enthusiastically. I'm going to love them like I always do. And and I'm going to love like God loves me. We have to serve that way. Because there's days when you walk in here, you won't feel like it. I promise you. But you remember why you're doing it and who you're blessing. If you're working back there and kids, you're allowing a parent to be in here that maybe doesn't know the Lord. Or you're allowing a parent to be in here that, that's struggling in their faith and they can be encouraged and lifted up because you're serving back there. You smile when somebody walks in the front door, you change the whole perspective of how they're feeling when they walk in. And you do it enthusiastically. You hold the door for somebody, you give somebody a donut or a cup of coffee. That makes people feel special. And that makes you feel special because you have a hand in that person walking with God no matter what it is. And even if no one else notices, God does. I will do my best to encourage you uh, as you serve and do my best to lift you up and let you know you're appreciated. But on those days that I forget to, he sees it all. 
And you're not doing it for me, you're doing it for him. So I encourage you guys, you know, this happens sometimes where we ask for volunteers, but I'm not, I'm not trying to beg you, I'm just trying to tell you to walk in what God's given you. It's a game changer to serve and volunteer and help out and be a part of what we're doing here at the church. It makes you vested. And, and the more people I see that volunteer means the more people are on board with what God wants to do in Orchardville Church. And the more that they feel, I don't just wanna sit and watch, I wanna participate. I wanna be a part of this. So we got volunteer applications, I'm sure, out on the information wall. Put a little plug in for those, take one home. If you look over it and say, I don't, I don't really know if I fit in in any of this, write something in. If you don't see something you feel like God's blessed you with and put inside you, write something down. We'll find a spot for you, I promise, okay? I think they're red, aren't they? Justine, are they red? You'll see them on the information wall, but I encourage you guys to do that. Would you stand this morning? Reach, teach, serve. As we reset, restore, and get renewed this year, let's get back to the basics of why we're here and truly start reaching out to people in love, start, start teaching people, discipling people as they come into our doors and our building, um, and not just here, disciple outside of here. And let's serve, let's serve well use those gifts that God's given us.